Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to... Oh, there's, the, there's some more music. I'm okay with doing it, but I'm not going to dance this time. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, this is Geekscape. Welcome. Uh, we're here back in the Zena TV studios. And, um, yeah, this is Geekscape. This is your first Geekscape. We're talking movies, video games, comic books, uh, television, all that genre stuff. I know uh, we're getting further and further away from Comic-Con, which means that we're just getting closer and closer to things like New York Comic-Con and Stan Lee's Kamikaze. I don't think I'm going to New York Comic-Con, though, because I was just in New York for our Geekscape Pokemon Go meetup. Um, there's talk. But I'm not. Uh, I I traveled a lot of the summer, and I'm so I'm ready to just be in LA and actually live in LA. Uh, speaking of people who live in LA and are usually here but aren't, it's uh, Kenny Craig. His I guess his father wasn't feeling well, and Kenny's got to drive. Not only is he immobile, you guys know my co-host crippled Kenny. Not only is he immobile, but uh, his he lives in like Santa Clarita, which was on fire three weeks ago. <laughs> so. Uh, his father wasn't feeling good. I think they're recovering from some of that stuff, and it is just me today. Like it's been sometimes on Geekscape, and that's okay. Uh, but as always, I'm joined by a guest, and my guest is super special this week. It's Allison Rosen, who uh, you guys may know from her podcast. Allison Rosen is my best friend. Is our my new is your new best friend? But I said it in the singular. I said it in the first person. Because I got a T-shirt. Like got the emotion. I got the emotion of it because the thing is, the podcast is called Allison Rosen is your best friend. But having listened to the podcast, I was like, well, obviously this now applies to me, right? And she's I'm my your be- new best friend, <laughs> right? So she's my best friend, um, and I like the T-shirt. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, you've always done the the big glasses, mm-hmm. which I think comes up every other podcast, or like like people who people, are new people, to the podcast okay, yes. so they the talk po- about it. Yes, the so podcast. So we don't have to talk about it too much here. Okay, I'll make it real fast. The okay. podcast started, it's a podcast yes. currently. It started as a live streaming Ustream show when I lived in New York and I would do it out of my um, living room in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And so because there was the visual element, um, I would, <clears throat> uh-oh, lose okay. my voice. It's fine. I'm glad this is happening right at the beginning of the podcast because yeah. that's when you want it to happen. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So I started, uh, I would occasionally don the giant glasses because I think they're silly and kind of ridiculous. Yes. Um, I still own them. I do not put them on very often these days. My vision is fine, you know. Why is that? They, like, it, Why don't it, I? Is it tired? You're just like, I don't, come on, guys, not this time. Um, Because it's, a, it's just audio at this right. point. So... Who would be entertained by it other than me, you know? And maybe Does it the help guests? to get into character? Well, the character's me, so. Right. It help, you know what? It helps me connect with the me of um, six years ago, I'll say. Do you think that the giant glasses at one point were Dumbo's magic feather? You probably, yes. Right. I like do suspect like... that without... You know what? There's a bunch of things that were kind of Dumbo's feather. Like without... So I have a lot of um, music that was uh, written specifically for my show. Okay. For, and it introduces different segments. Like without the music, I think that I would feel like, oh no, w- what do I have to do the show? You know, without the glasses, without mm-hmm. the... Yeah, there were a lot of gimmicks at the beginning. It's a little more stripped down now. Yeah. It's still... Some some might say still a bit gimmicky, but... In what way? Because um, like, you do a Monday show where you talk to a guest... Uh, and then you do like a like a the Thursday show. It's a which, panel show, yeah. And the, that's more of a panel show. And if you guys go to Allison's Patreon, you guys can actually get early access to that Thursday show. That is right. Um, and but, and on the Patreon, I'm now bringing back the live the exclusive oh, live cool. stream. Yeah. And I've promised to don the sunglasses, so it's kind of coming full circle. All right. So it, like it's like a like a phoenix. Exactly. The sunglasses are like <laughs> yes. a, a plastic oversized phoenix that's like, you know, I just feel like... Okay, so, so many literary references already. Dumbo's Feather, Welcome to phoenix. Geekscape. <laughs> <laughs> so I... Um, welcome to Geekscape. We're a bunch of nerds and we spend a lot of alone time. <laughs> they were our friends. Uh, when no one else was, those were our friends. But uh, I teach 
college on Tuesdays, so I, I teach until noon, Geekscapist. And today I was teaching documentary filmmaking. And there was a time, there was a point today where I'm teaching, and all of a sudden I hear a familiar voice behind me, and we're talking about personas. I uh, I started hearing El Chucho, which is the Cholo character that I do, and I did a bunch of El Chucho videos at Comic-Con because, hey, it's Comic-Con, and you have a bunch of new audience members in the attendees who are hostage because they want to be at Comic-Con, they don't know that some lunatic dressed like a Cholo is going to come at them and talk about Pokemon <laughs> Go. And I'm sitting there teaching, trying to be a professor, and all of a sudden I start hearing something that absolutely compromises my authority with these students, which is that, yes, I dress up as a cholo with a gold <laughs> tooth and talk about Pokemon Go incessantly as if the different Pokemon teams are rival gangs. You Geekscapists have seen it on the site, but um, at that point, the persona starts to like blend into the other areas of my life, and I stopped them before they got to Super Action Man, which is me just literally in a Speedo running around in like a Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> um and and so do you, like did that start to happen where people would see you out or like when you moved to LA and you started working for other podcasts etc did you have people who were like oh, what's up with no glasses <laughs> like yo you the glasses girl something like that and you're like no fuck you I can just work with my voice um, not real not really because I don't know that I ever really had a persona mm-hmm. that was different than who I am as much as it was just sort of a a prop or just a sure. fun silly thing but um i'd say the persona is really close to who i am actually so um i didn't really have that happen but that's really interesting did you do you feel like having these characters and things affects your ability to be a professor cuz i almost feel like nowadays with all the different forms of media there are and with people who are so used to here's the way we present our like with young people who are so used right. to the different ways we present ourselves i feel like pe- they would just take that in stride whereas like in the old days there had to be these yeah divisions. you'll never make tenure <laughs> it's like the old dude is like here at this hollowed halls um no i think uh but the first class i showed up to teach it was 2009, 2010, uh, and I showed up, and we're going around the room, and I'm asking the students where you're from, what your favorite film, like what kind of storyteller you want to be, what your favorite films are, and this is grad school, and one of the kids halfway through the room goes, "Are you Jonathan from Geekscape?" And I was like, "Fuck me sideways!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Because they've seen me as Super Action Man interviewing right. people, where the whole point when we started Super Action Man was, I'm going to try and interview people in a speedo while pressing my junk against them and see if they can keep from losing it or <laughs> punching me. And the whole thing was to be offensive and stupid. And here's a guy who I'm going to have to assess on a professional student teacher level who's seen me put my junk on a spe- in a speedo on people. <laughs> and, I th- and, and there was a time when like, I remember talking to my parents, and they were like, well, you know, like if you want to be taken seriously. And I, and, and, and I just told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm not going out like that because what I think you're saying is true. It's like the old guard will look at that and be like, well, my day, that wouldn't have stood. But mm. I think my students are like, holy shit, this fucking guy who's willing to do this is teaching us and he's making headway in his career at the same time. And like, you could literally do anything as long as you express yourself, have fun, and just go for it. Right. Then let's go. And I don't know what else is going for it, but dressing in a speedo and running around, you know? And there are Geekscapists who I think are offended by it and think it's weird, but welcome to Geekscape, guys. Like, hey, we were crapped on by society for most of our lives, and here we are, we found each other, and we're going to accept it for all the differences that we make up, and it's 
fun, that's right. and that's what it, that's why we built this thing, you know. I have a question. You have you can have many questions as you okay, want. Good. We can just interview each other, which is <laughs> fine. That's totally cool. Okay, perfect. Well, I also have other things to talk about too. But here's yes, my question: cool too. with the wearing of a speedo and pressing your junk on people in character. Yes. Are you? Because you don't strike me as someone. I don't know you that no, well. Not I know really. your wife. Yes, um, you know Laura, which is how we met. Yes, you don't strike me as someone though who would be that comfortable as yourself in a speedo pressing your junk on people. Or have I assessed you all I, wrong? No, I've gotten in better shape. That's um, right, Laura mentioned. I've gotten in you, better shape, and you today do all of early morning. I, I do stuff. wear short shorts like every morning of the week, but um, I keep it to my. I, I kind of keep my my space to myself. There are hugs. <laughs> Um, but, but, and there are high fives, but the pressing of like the groin area, I think is reserved only for like something that is an extension of me. Right. In character. Which, that makes sense. Yeah. I, cause I don't know. <laughs> Will it keep me from getting arrested or punched by Tyrese Gibson? No, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and it's part of the joke and it, I don't know if it makes it excusable. It, you can probably still press charges, <laughs> but, um, but for me it, it's, it's it turns into fucking weird performance art. Mm-hmm. See, I'm the same kind of way. Where in my real life, I'm kind of I can be shy and reserved mm-hmm. and insecure. But if I have a microphone or if I'm on camera, I feel much less inhibited. Right. And what is that about? Because obviously the magnifying glass is on when you actually have those things pointed at you, um, and the inhibitions go away. Like like why are we like wired weird? I don't know. I think it's permission. I think it's like it's. As I walk around in regular life, in regular social mm-hmm. circles, there's so... There's, Why would you go to regular social circles? I don't go to them. Okay. I, I tend to avoid them. <laughs> Wait a minute. But hey. in general, just like in in regular life, there aren't really that many rules. And so there's mm-hmm. all these self, these doubts and these questions and like, I don't... It, should I do that? Is that lame? Is that right? I'm not saying that I constantly think this way, right. but like there's a big part of me that... And your life also so isn't is. like turning into like the purge or GTA. You're just kind of... you're. But yeah, there's social norms, and sometimes you wonder whether or not you should continue to be conditioned towards them. Right. Whereas when you're on camera or holding a microphone or any of that, it's like you have been given, and maybe you gave it to yourself, but you've right. been given license to do what seems appropriate and or, or inappropriate, but what you feel like doing, and it's somehow okay. You've like authoritized yourself? I guess, yeah. You've deputized like, yourself. You deputize <laughs> yourself, and you're like, this is my town, and welcome to, yeah. Right, I, and here's my junk. It's touching you. I can see that. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's fine. And, and plus, I'm only, no, I guess I did it to strangers, too. Never mind. <laughs> There's no justification for what we do um, beyond, like, I guess, I think people are like, oh, podcasting is your art. And I'm like, I never really thought of it, about it as art. I just kind of thought about it as um, a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, what, what drew you to podcasting? I know you're a writer and, and, yes. and you... Like, is that what you wanted to do is like journalism? Because I know you wrote for like Rolling Stone and places like that. Yes. Initially, well, I wanted to, the first thing I ever wanted to be was a psychiatrist, actually. Really? When I was six, I announced You still kind of are, though, don't you think, like when you're doing the podcast? Just without having gone to school and without making money. (laughs) Without making the money of a psychiatrist. I sort of, yeah, I think, I think I probably would have been a decent therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes out in my interviews. Um, But I... So first I wanted to be a therapist, then I wanted to be an actress, then I started writing pretty young, and I really liked it, and I was good, and I had some success early, so I thought, okay, that I'm just going to be a, a journalist, I'm going to be a writer. Right. I did that for years and years and years. Um, I moved to New York to pursue magazine writing, because New York was really the place that you needed to be for yeah. that. I imagine, I actually don't know anymore where, I don't know if you even can 
pursue a career. It's just in Twitter mag- now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no journalism. Yeah. It's just Twitter. Exactly. It's just being like, look what they wore. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> right. It's, it's lists. <laughs> yeah. So um, I went to New York and then I was working at a magazine in New York and this email went around that said um, NBC is looking for editors to go on air and talk about events going on in the city. Is sure. anyone interested? Yeah. And I always had been a performer. I had played in a band in Orange you, County w- as well. What kind of band? Um, it was... It was Pop punk, basically, but not like Blink One Eighty Two pop. No, uh, I did like a couple real big fish videos. Oh, as a director, that's so cool. (laughs) And like, uh, I'm just really familiar with that scene. So yeah, I'm you know we're down in Orange County. I think we were probably around a little bit. God, I'm trying to think when Real Big Fish were. Because I know it's like 97, them. 96, 97, 98. Yeah, that's around. We were yeah. like 98 to 2002. Okay. They had their so. second or third album out right. at that point. Do you know Vince? This of course is, I know Vince. I know Vince as well. Interesting to three people, but well, very yeah. interesting to us. Uh, and, and the Geeks Games right now are like, fuck, didn't he do this two weeks ago with the dude from, <laughs> from Army of Freshmen? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, the pop punk thing is a major part of my life. And, uh, like I'm doing a Mr. T experience video in two and a half weeks because their first album in 12 years is coming out. And I said, you know what, whatever helps my favorite band of all time, I'm going to do it. My power is hopefully still directing and let me go out and shoot this music video. And, um, and immediately when I started the gears rolling, I was like, I'm going to do like four more videos. That's so cool. What <laughs> uh, yeah. videos did you do? I, did the, I, I know I did, they are body I did their work. live DVD, right. That they shot in Fullerton mm-hmm. and that's like a two disc thing with like a dvd and all that stuff and then we did don't start a band and that was like and then and then scott from real big fish played our wedding oh cool and scott did all the music for when i did my two shows at fox like when ninjas attack and um in singledom uh, scott did all the music there and I, he did all the music for Hero of the prophecy so uh even though i've been in new york twice in the last month and a half i have not seen scott in like two years because he's got little kids now, and and it the, it never it does it just doesn't work. It's hard being an adult is kind of hard. Like nobody lives on the same block, and we're not the little <laughs> kids from Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wouldn't it be awesome if all your friends who you wanted to continue to collaborate with and be friends with, you'd be like, let me hop on my back, I'll be right there. See, you know? I miss the the friend access of college. For me, that yes. was when I think I was the most social. It was so easy. It was like everyone just comes to, uh, you know. My sure. dorm room was like where everyone would meet before we would go out. Your dorm room. My dorm room. Senior so year. So you had the dorm room across the hall from me where nobody would meet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I stole all your friends. Hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Nothing. Buy a door slam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never. I've. Uh, it's never been like that for me since college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have. I have friends, but I, it's never been like constantly hanging out with friends. And I. I don't know. I miss. Do you it. want? You, you do miss it. I do. Yeah, and I feel pathetic saying that because no, I've been out for a long time. But but but, but Allison, when did you say that what you do on Thursdays with your podcast, that's the panel show, yes. is a, is like a bit of that it world? It definitely like a is bit of that? because a bunch of friends come. And actually, when I was doing the show in New York. Um, as a Ustream show, that had elements of it too, because every Sunday night, a bunch of friends would come over and we would do the show. And sure. everyone, we sort of did all these different segments, and then I usually have a celebrity guest as well. And so now, you know, there's a regular group of us who come over. We, we recorded on Monday nights, and yeah, it is it is very similar actually. Um, Geekscapist, we're still doing a show here too, uh, and we're gonna have to pause here for a Zena TV spot break, but we'll be right back uh, with Allison, and we'll talk a little bit more about her podcast, some of her favorite guests, and then you guys want some geek stuff, so I guess we'll talk a little about that too. All right, guys, stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Geekscapers, we're back here with Allison Rosen of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That's a uh, podcast you guys can find it online, and uh, I like some of the guests you've had. I listened to some Dave Coulier. Oh, which yeah. I think 
you have to listen to Dave Coulier because he was such a like an integral piece of like your childhood. You know that TGIF block where you're mm-hmm. like, hey, it's Dave Coulier, like Uncle Jesse, and maybe Urkel. I'm gonna go with that for the TGIF. That's like, what I think of when I think of TGIF as well. Yeah, uh, maybe Carl Winslow. You just like if like if they had like a Mount Rushmore of TGIF, Dave is definitely on it, mm-hmm. and I think he, Urkel's on it too. He Dave Coulier of Full House and Fuller House was amazing. But then the following week, I had Mindy Cohn. That's fucking crazy. That, okay, so my, a lot of people, Full House was their show growing up. Mm -hmm. My Full House was Facts of Life. Facts of, I can't think of a time before I watched Facts of Life. I just have, it's weird. I just, my childhood, I always watched that show and then well beyond my childhood. I just, Mm -hmm. I love that. I have a thing for that show. I love that show. So So to have her on the, oh my God. I'm well, sorry to interrupt. Oh no! Yeah. It, so, I'm excited for you. Thank you. It and was, with you. It was amazing. It was um. It was definitely a highlight of my life. Did you do that thing where you like touch her face and like, are you real? Are you really here? Is this really happening? No, but I did have moments of freaking out in my yeah. chair, being like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So the whole time I've interviewed people, people have suggested to me, why don't you try to get someone from Facts of Life? Hmm. You could probably get them. They're probably get all around. Of them. Yes. Um. I have likened it to flying too close to the sun. I don't know that I would be able to maintain my composure and actually be able to interview the other person. And plus, it's just like I I literally as a child had dreamed. This is I maybe I am a geek because this is feels very geeky to be talking in this way. But I would have dreams as a kid that I would have opportunities to hang out with them. And those are like the best. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be best friends. I wanted them to be my new best friends. So it just I just felt like. I know the difference between who someone is on screen and who the actual actor or actress is and what if it's disappointing or what if I'm lame or what if I can't do it. But anyway, um, Mindy Cohn and I sort of became Twitter friends. And then I just, in an Instagram comment, I just suggested, hey, you should come do my show sometime. And she's like, anytime. And then this just turned into her doing my show. And she was better than I could have ever hoped for. It was pretty amazing. Did you do that out-of-body thing when you interview people sometimes? And it, it's happened with me on Geekscape uh, where you just, again, you admire the, the person. They were a big part of your life. They were very influential. And all of a sudden, you step outside of your body because you're getting a little too dizzy. <laughs> yeah, I know and what you mean. you're like, pinch yourself. Mm. Uh, but you still have to stay, stay cognizant enough to actually make a cohesive conversation that's engaging. Right. Um, that happened a few times with I, that one? Or? Yeah, um... You know, I actually was able to stay pretty in the moment with that one, but those kind of moments would happen when I was interviewing musicians and bands and celebrities as a journalist when okay. I was younger, actually. Um, I remember I interviewed Kiss like at Man's Chinese Theater behind the screen. I didn't even that's know you could go behind the screen. Yeah, that's, that what was the a... yeah exactly. like, that's what the gremlins attack you. Yeah, exactly. That's why only the gremlins come out of there. <laughs> um, and I just remember thinking, this is so surreal. I had a lot. Of, I went to the Playboy Mansion more than once, and I interviewed. Do you remember, actually speaking of pop punk, do you remember yeah. a band called Zebrahead? Of course. Um, they still tour, and I think one of them know? was in a Suburban Legends video that I did. Remember the Suburban Legends? Or I know the name. Yeah, yeah, so like I did a video for them, and one of the guys from Zebrahead was in the video, but I can't name him. Yeah, I remember the there band. There was though. Justin. You can name him. That's I remember there was Justin. I'm forgetting Alec, maybe Alex. I forget that. I, I would be able to remember. So is, they were shooting a video yeah. at the Playboy Mansion. Okay. And I did a story about them and the video shoot for the OC Weekly, which is where I uh, was on staff when okay. I went to Orange County before I went to New York. So that was a very surreal moment. Like. Spending time at the Playboy Mansion. There, there were a Weird. lot of surreal moments back then. You know, the Playboy Mansion, and I know it's like selling or being sold, 
And so that chapter is closed. Oh, see, I didn't even know. Yeah, no, the, the Playboy Mansion is being sold, or it's already been sold. Uh, and and I, because like publishing's falling apart, like we said, like right. you know, like there is no Playboy really anymore. It's just a bunch of tube sites. So what? The, what are tube sites? Like the free porn sites. Oh, okay. Like oh right right right. Blank tube, blank yeah, tube, like blank tube. tube yeah. What tube? And so uh, and I learned that site i learned that term from one of the people who is i was in vegas uh for ces and i thought it would be a funny goof even though i never ran any of the footage to go and do the porn thing <laughs> like the the porn awards was like oh right night. what is it um a in in the avn yes. awards and yeah. so i never ran the footage because i didn't think any of it was really funny and i was interviewing somebody who's on this channel now one of the rockers and he's like oh yeah well tube sites and i was like i don't know what the, oh oh i guess that's what those are yeah um, like I've been visiting them for a long time. Yeah. I didn't know the Hi. term. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is <laughs> no. I was gonna make a horrible joke. Anyway, uh, the, like the Playboy Mansion, was it weird? Like when you show up to that place, like you're like, I, I don't touch anything. No, <laughs> I mean in the grotto there, it's the grotto smelled like pretty strongly place. of chlorine. That's the fucking place from Stranger Things where the shit's flying around. I have not watch Stranger Things. Okay, but you've seen the ads where like there's, an, like, an, like there's this creepy place where you have to crawl to like another dimension type thing and mm-hmm. there's like wispies flying around and yeah. stuff. That's the grotto. That's the grotto. <laughs> I'm like, you're gonna, like, do not breathe that shit, man. Like, right. So there was an awareness in there of like a lot of grossness has probably happened. And there's mm-hmm. one room, I forget where it is, but there, that has like squishy floors. The floors what? are kind no, of, no. it's not trampoline, no. but I don't mean but, like, squishy, purposely? sticky. Yeah. Okay. It's like the floors are like extra P- soft. Like a PE gym. <laughs> kind of. Like the yeah, black, like a big like mat. A, yeah. <laughs> um, no. It's gimmicky. You have to hose yeah. it out? Like, I don't know. Why would you have that unless you're like putting, yeah, like why. hosing fluid? Oh, God. I don't know. It didn't seem gross, though. And you walked it in there and you're cool. like, oh, spongy. <laughs> yes, it was spongy. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, this, is a long, this is a long time ago. And so, like that—that that, did they creep you out, like that—that that life, or like then you're like, why'd you move? To, I mean, I guess you moved to New York to do the magazine thing. Mm-hmm. Why'd you leave New York? I left New York. I'd been there a long time, um, and actually, a family member of mine got sick, so I left oh. pretty suddenly. And it just seemed like we didn't. This person is is doing really well sure. now, actually. But at the time, it wasn't clear what direction it was going to go, and I felt like. I can't really justify staying in New York, especially since I was freelance at that point and I was struggling. The first year I went freelance, I did so well. Um, and then the next year, what I wasn't doing as well. And I was very nervous about things. And I was just, I was like, I have to just, I have to go back to my family. So I came back. Um, they were like, no, you should have stayed for your live show on the internet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, you gave up so much. I know. Why'd it was, do? I know. It was, it was tough to move back though because. Like I said, it was kind of sudden. So I moved right. back into my childhood bedroom in my parents' house. I was in my 30s. Yeah. That was very weird and very... Humbling, I guess. Humbling would be the word, yeah. Let's go with that one. <laughs> you, you, may have been going, you may have gone to a darker place. but <laughs> Right. But then I you know, I got a job pretty quickly, and, and then I met the man that I'm now married to. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so everything... I feel like it was definitely the right move, and mm-hmm. I want to apologize for what's happening to my voice. That's no, all good. <clears throat> they have to listen to me. <laughs> so they're like, oh, this is good. A girl's on the show. Now, uh, you know, what we did have a girl last week. We had Sarah Hagen from Freaks and Geeks. And I just want to report real quick because she's super proud of this. She tagged me on on Instagram that one of those thousand-piece puzzles of the hot air balloons that she loves doing, she completed one. And uh, there's a picture of it on our Instagram if you guys doubt what I'm saying. But, yeah, Sarah Hagen successfully completed another thousand-piece puzzle, which would probably make my nose bleed somewhere around piece 38. 
It's been a long time since I've done a puzzle. But congratulations to her. Congratulations, Sarah. But it has been a long time since I've done a puzzle. I'm not really a puzzle person. You know why? Because I don't think there's a horizontal space in my apartment that I could do a puzzle on. There's too much clutter. Right. It's very impractical. And you have to do that thing where it's like, oh, yeah, there's just a standing chess set in my living room. (laughs) Like, who's that? Is that right next to, like, the the, the fucking library wall that, like, turns around and leads to the Batcave? Like, like, what is that? It's next to the Shakespeare, like, like, bust? I don't know who has that space. Next to the globe. The globe and the old dictionary or Bible on a stand. You know who does those thousand piece puzzles and keeps them on a table? People don't get mail. Because let me tell you, if there's a free space and when you walk into your house, the fucking mail goes on that and your car keys go on that and your wallet goes on that and every piece of anything you don't actually want to file away goes on that. And you're never going to complete that puzzle right. or find those pieces. A thousand pieces is like a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. And I would lose every single one. Now, you have three dogs. <laughs> we do. Would yeah. your dogs be respectful of the puzzle? No. Mine te- wouldn't. Texas gets up on the table and... Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of like creating them when you leave. When you're doing a puzzle. <laughs> but no, the, I'm the puzzle, uh, <laughs> and it will and it's a missing part. It's missing too many parts at this point. But uh, when you leave in the summer, you're like I kind of want to just leave them out, and you do, and you come back, and Rufus, who doesn't get on tables, we found out was always getting blamed for everything because you give him a stuffed animal and he did, er, like eviscerates it within seconds. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, he's obviously the one who destroys things. And then the proof came out that it was actually Texas who does the sweet eyes, I'm innocent thing, <laughs> because he just has the capability to leap onto a table without right. moving the chairs back. So if the chairs are not moved back, he's the only one who can get up mm-hmm. there and d- destroy everything. Sneaky. Yeah. No, it was great. Like, it, yeah. So I don't know. I just don't. But is Chappie the perfect dog? Does he not do anything bad? No, Chappie is fighting for his life every moment he breathes. Like, he's so inbred. That Frenchie is like, you've seen pictures of him. I have, yes. He's, he, I've, I've actually met your dog, so I've seen him too. I'm confusing them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and he breathes like he's fighting for life every moment. He, that dog has got issues, but he's also a spirit animal. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he ultimately dies, oh. I'm just going to feel like this brush on my leg. And he's just going to be like some Narnia shit where he's just <laughs> like, I'm still here. You know, and I'm totally cool with that. I mean, you know, I mean, you have a dog. You know what it's I like. Do, yeah. and it's difficult when they get old. Mm-hmm. It hurt you whenever they have like a gray face. You're like, no. <laughs> don't you, doesn't it like hurt? Yes. I've actually, not to get too sad, but um, I have... So we had a dog before. We have Wendy now. We Fuck had a dog this, I'm before. out. <laughs> it's about to get real I'll make it real okay. fast. We had a dog before Wendy, okay. who unfortunately died very young because no. she was attacked by an off-leash dog. No. So I have not had... Oh, you know what, though? I was going to say I have not had the experience of a dog getting old, but that's not true because Woofy, our uh-huh. childhood dog, Woofy yeah. lived to be 17. And Jesus. The last, yeah. The last couple of years, he was real old. He was very puppyish up until, I would say, like 14 or 15, and then he was spry. really old. He was... Yeah. He seemed a lot younger than he was. And really he, young at heart. And then he's wise. He's mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, sage. Let me he's got some warts on his face and he became gray, mm-hmm. lost his hearing. Turns into fucking Master Splinter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Um, and that was my, I mean, I don't know. That's I'm just not ready sad. for it. And like, the thing no. is, like, whenever Laura Instagrams a picture of Rufus, she like uses hashtag senior, senior dog. dog. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do that again. And she just does it because mm-hmm. I, I know it's factual. I know it's accurate. And I know that there's sick bastards who look for that on Instagram. It's like, let's see a bunch of dogs on the oh, precipice of death. I didn't think about Why that. Why else would you hashtag it? Right. I don't understand how that's a, like, I don't ha- understand how there's utility right. to the hashtag senior yeah. dogs unless there's a bunch of people who are like, let me see some sweet things that are going to die. Like, let me see some things that's that are so struggling. Sad. I don't, why would you hashtag that? I never and even I've thought said about it that. over and over again. Like, d- like, please don't do that. It's a, it's a wound to me. <laughs> 
it's just a reminder that my guy is like closer to the end than he was to the beginning when right. he was my best friend. It just sucks how short their lives are. And you know what, guys? Just too short. If you want to adopt a friend of your own, uh, you should go to rescue uh, the rescue me website. Google rescue me. And Shel- do you mean shelter, shelter me? me? Shelter me. Rescue me. Do you mean the, the one that yeah. your wife works with? Yeah, shelter yes, me. I actually okay. Because so, you shouted out on your show. That's uh, right. Site. And, I, and Thursday, I only shout out Dennis Leary shows. <laughs> on every Thursday show, I feature a dog that your wife, dog trainer Laura mm-hmm. London, is working with at the Downey Animal Shelter. Um, and you can go to shelterme.com/downey. Slash whatever the dog's name is. I don't know how to get specifically to the Laura London dog. So she's but, probably writing in telling right. us. Laura's like, yeah, she's going to text me and be like, rescue me? Really? <laughs> Locks changed. <laughs> because we did have that discussion where she's like, well, Allison, you know, she does give shout outs to me. And uh, I was like, um, yeah. And like, my guy's just like Zelda. And she's like, Jonathan, it's about support. And I'm like, uh, okay, I lost this one pretty quickly. That was That was a sound... Like, 10-second TKO. Like, that's some fucking... I can't fight that. It's like, Jonathan, you really... These dogs are dying. Mm-hmm. You really should go to the... Like, shout out the Shelter Me site. So, really, Geekscapist, if any of you guys want to adopt a best friend who ultimately will destroy you when he dies, mm-hmm. uh, or she dies, like, go ahead But in like, the meantime, they, they've been trained, and they come mm-hmm. with support before and after you adopt them. Yeah, okay. Laura just sent me a text that she's laughing at me. <laughs> so, yeah, because that doesn't happen in person. Um... <laughs> Just save the laughter for when I see you. Trust me. I, you know what? You texted me, but I heard it. I heard the whole thing. Um, and then you, you're, you, you got this husband, Daniel, and you guys are going to have your own friend. That's right. You, you There's like, a friend in my belly right now. a friend in your belly. And, and he, I think he's a geek. And I read his blog that he wrote some Spider-Man comics yeah. for Marvel. And he was like, well, I've never really done this before. But, like, he's a geek. Like, for real. How do you define geek? And I, I think he is one. But More I'm socially acceptable than a nerd. Mm-hmm. So, like, nerds are like, they can't really, they, <laughs> they, like, they fucking leave the house and they're socially, like, incapacitated. Like, okay. they fucking crumble, right? Right. Like a, a real goober. Just <laughs> right, uh, like they don't deodorant, they don't like shower, they don't do the, okay. the the eye contact. Like the Revenge of the Nerds, nerds. No, even that dude, like, no, there's breasts in that movie. Like That's that, true. that shit went down. But but like a geek is someone who's just enthused about something, and okay. I think there's a social aspect to it that they're successful with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're probably not the quarterback. But the quarterback might be a serious sports geek. Right. And there's yes. a geek so in all of us. So there's definitely things that my husband will get into in sort of an obsessive way. Sure. Um, he's very creative. He's very artistic. So right now he's into sculpting. And he can sit down with like a hunk of, I don't know what it is, clay or he has all these different mediums that he sure. uses. Media actually would be the word, I guess. Oh, and uh, like sit down and just all of a sudden do whatever he does and then it's like someone's face. He's really good too because yeah. I saw like his sculpts are just little faces and stuff. Yeah. They're so expressive and I mean they're 3D equivalent of like a really awesome caricature mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so he just got into that like pretty recently but um, he will, like I I'll be in, in, insane. I'll be in bed and then I'll wake up because I don't sleep that well, because of the little guy now. Right. Um, it'll be three in the morning, and he'll be just sitting at his desk, like, kind of obsessively, mm-hmm. but creatively doing this stuff. So he's really into that right now. Um, he gets really into a lot of different creative endeavors. Also, really into Game of Thrones. Sure. Um, That's geek stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, and different vi- video games he's been into. Or Listen, he's, he's into. probably played more video games than I have in the last month or two, because it's been tough. Uh, Geekscapist, we're going to take one last break here on Zenit.tv, and we're going to come right back. With Allison Rosen, we're going to talk about the geeky stuff because it sounds like, hey, we cracked her. <laughs> we found the inn. She's a geek. 
And obviously, uh, there's tons to talk about. So we'll be right back. Hang out on Geekscape, please. Hi. We're back here on Geekscape with Allison Rosen. And uh, yeah, I was obsessively looking at the countdown here at the Zenit.tv studios being like, hey, we're back. Five, four, three, two. We got a new engineer. We got uh, Lauren. Hi. You enjoying the show so far? She's like, eh, <laughs> I'd heard about this Geekscape thing. And yeah, does not impress. That's fine. It's okay. Um, it's fine. I think we're doing fine here with Allison. And you guys, if you like Allison, you can listen to her podcast. And Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That's her podcast. And she's got 100 plus episodes, right? Like you've been rocking oh this God. thing for like Way how more long? Than that. And a you, long. There's, there's a bunch. And you're doing twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah, I've been doing it as a podcast since, two, oh gosh, I sh- 2012. Yeah. So and there's a lot, yeah. You look up and when the numbers get up, people look, I, I guess I was, you guys remember when I did the like live episode 400 back in March or January? I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was March or, or so. And I got within eight podcasts of that. I think we were at, at 392 and people were like, what are you going to do for 400? I was like, gun in my mouth? No, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Wait, what? Am I so wait, so- you've been doing this for 11 years, though, and you just hit 400. We, did we, you? We did like a thing where I was like sporadic. And, okay. every, and then I do like if I go to work, like I know I've missed two or three this summer simply because I was in New Mexico, New York. That guys, we did record an episode at Yale and it got fucking eaten. I swear to you. And oh, the, that's the nightmare. Yeah, it got eaten by the Zoom. And it was pretty, I don't know if it was an amazing episode. The audio was really kind of wrecked. Uh, it was kind of wrecked, but uh, the person responsible for wrecking it is moving to L.A. to start a career in film. <laughs> wow, this is all about the movies. He's got like the like the bindle over their uh-huh. shoulders. But uh, I, I told him, I said, well, you should have known to have a backup. Recorder. I said, when you get to L.A., you're coming on Geekscape. You're going to have to explain to them. <laughs> you're going to have to explain to the Geekscape is how you ate an episode. So I think I've. Are your listeners outraged? No, they're they're like Jonathan's been giving us free stuff for eleven years. Like we're cool and like That's such I perspective. See, I see you guys. You guys are so cool and like I see you guys at Comic Con. And if you know what, you're upset. I don't get an email about it. You guys just stop listening. And you know what? I'm down with it because you're not listening now. So what am I gonna do? There's no. Do you ever get here. people announcing that they're gonna stop listening? Sorry, I have to stop listening. Uh, no, that happens on Twitter when someone's like unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> I made a joke about Irish people, and it was just a joke, and it was like St. Patrick's Day. I was like, why would I celebrate a day about a bunch of people who lived on an island and like almost starved to death without realizing they could fish? You know, and it was just a stupid joke, and obviously, right. like someone will always get offended at a stupid. My joke dad, my, I made that joke, and my dad got really serious, and he, and he was like, well, you see, with the way that things worked in the in the fiefdom back in the day, I was like, that is a stupid joke. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't care about listening to how the potato blight actually like almost killed people and. All that stuff, like we're past it. it. You know, it's boring now. Can you imagine, like, there's gonna be a day and age when, like, all this shit we're living through now, like the right. war on terror. Like, yeah, nine eleven. Okay, and got people it. will be like, oh, it's boring now. Oh, that ancient history. Yeah. We won't be here. Hopefully, our dogs will. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I remember this dude whose last name was like fucking Liam McShillaley. Lately, <laughs> was like unfollow. <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. I made a joke. Oh, he sounds like a professional like, Irishman. Stop it. No, like, come on, he's gonna come fight me, like, yeah, whatever. Uh, people are rude, and I think yeah. that if I was a, a lady, like my friend Clark Wolf gets just fucking run up the ringer from these weirdos, 
and I can't. I, if I, I wouldn't be online if I was a woman. I'll just tell you that right now. Like, right. how do you deal with yes, that, you man? Yes, you would be. You would be. Yeah, but because I'm, the same thing that propels you to be online now would still propel you. So, like, how do you? You've had people who are like rude to you. Oh yeah. And like, w- like you can't engage those people, right? Like, what do you do? No. Unblock them or um, hide them? I'm I'm a big fan of the mute function. Yes, that's because good. Because when you block. Then they, they know, yeah. and there's always that thing where people are like, "Don't feed the trolls," you right. know, which I don't fully subscribe to because I think that that becomes it's like, yes, I understand the idea that it that all they want is a reaction from you, and if you give them that reaction, then they've gotten what they want. Like that's what people will say. Um, at the same time, if someone's really harassing you online, I think it's okay to say something or to shine a light on it or let people know that this is happening, you know? Sure. Um, I'm lucky these days it really doesn't happen that much. Um, it used to happen more. At the beginning, it really bothered me because it, it – I don't. I didn't have the ability to realize that, like, okay, I've got a – you know, there's a – there's a lot of like if you were to take the follower number and imagine them in a stadium like that's a lot of people you don't need to know what every single one of them is thinking right um and if you found out that like someone in that row way up there said something negative about you i think it would just kind of roll off more if you were in a real world setting whereas on twitter it's it just becomes this sort of disembodied voice and then it at the time, it was like, I, f- I feel like a close friend of mine just said something very negative about right. me. Um, you invested in me by following me. Why would you say right. that? Right. But now, um, it really, it it rolls off a lot more. Yeah. I mean, occasionally, if someone, if what frustrates me often, or what will frustrate me is a comment where I'm like, that person either didn't listen clearly to what I said on the show, or misinterpreted, or didn't understand, or like, something where I want to get in there and like, correct what they think I said because that wasn't what I said. That's what drives me, that drives me nuts just because I'm like I want to clarify, but usually I just ignore it and, and I'll mute an asshole. And those people are gonna die alone anyway. Yes. Um, I did. Uh, did you watch that new Rogue One trailer that was played during the Olympics? No, like, I haven't so seen it. So I got you know I I was behind. I didn't see it live, and then I didn't think I saw it for like two more days. And it was the one that at the end there's like a teaser of like Darth Vader sitting there, which I kind of am not into because. I know people are into the idea that Darth Vader is going to show up in Rogue One, but for somebody who loved the Star Wars universe growing up and then was hit with the prequels and just wanted to repair the like the damage done, to which I think Force Awakens kind of did. Yeah, I was going to say, did you like it? Felt like the, yeah, it was like new planets and stuff, so it felt like the universe was big again. And now I'm like, oh wait, you're telling me Darth Vader's on every fucking block in this expansive <laughs> universe? And there's like, there's Death Troopers. I was like, where are those motherfuckers in Episode Four? Like, where are your Death Troopers in Episode Four? Like. I think there should be a rule. If it wasn't in episode four, don't introduce it in the history before episode four. Because guess what? That was like a year earlier. And you're looking up being like, where did all the civics go? You know, it's like, oh, so there's no Hondas anymore? Like, what happened? Uh, you can't just add stuff in language unless it's like... If there's not a scene where they kill every Death Trooper and the blueprints for Death Troopers at the end of Rogue One, then I don't see how it makes sense. And mm-hmm. the whole point tie, of Star Wars... Make Star Wars a a cool universe where anything can happen but also make it make sense and if like you guys have heard my problems with the prequels how there's like jedi on every corner but like 18 years later han's like oh, i can't believe in the force it's like read a newspaper dude you know? <laughs> like what are you talking about like han is the equivalent now of like uh, a freaking uh, holocaust like like denier it's like wait you don't remember this thing that happened 20 years ago come on so that kind of stuff bugs me but uh i tweeted it like saying hey the new star wars rogue one like i'm in and somebody on twitter confused what i wrote and was like i don't see you in the trailer <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh no, that's just amazing uh, uh 
That's just amazing. You see the blue guy? <laughs> like, you see the dude with fur on his face <laughs> or the droid? Like, that's not me. I, yeah, I, it, it, and I know I just left out a word. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into it. And I was like, yeah. New but ro- I bet I'm, I'm in. In slang means yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I meant was right. Rogue One trailer, finally saw in, it. Yeah. I'm in. And people were like, oh, what's the second count on the quick time <laughs> to see where I can see it? Freeze frame you. Uh, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I play a TIE fighter. <laughs> just look for a TIE fighter, I guess. Yeah. I, I, what do you want me to say? Because now this is just awkward. Now you got to go be in it. Yeah. I think yeah, I'll green screen myself in it. It's like one of the palm trees on that planet. Do I don't that. know. I, I'm glad there's a palm tree planet. I'm glad there's Asians in there now. I'm like, oh, cool. There's Asians now in the Star Wars universe. Um, so want to know what the shows are that I'm into? Yeah. 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 Crazy yeah. Ex-Girlfriend. Which is hilarious. Did you watch it? No, but it, when I was at CW, they all loved it. <laughs> I was pretty late to it. And um, I heard that girl on Marin, and she was amazing. Rachel Bloom. Yeah. yeah, she's really funny. It's so it so. There's 18 episodes in this season. It took me about till episode 12 to be really, really into it, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a long time actually, because I, I I watched up to that point and I was kind of just mildly entertained by it. But then I was really gripped suddenly, like something, totally. something just happened and I was hooked and I couldn't wait to watch the rest of it. And then all of a sudden it was over and I felt a real I emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm super into that. Um, I have just gotten into difficult people. Yes. Watch that. No, is that the one with Billy on the street? Yes. Billy. Um, and it's like a Hulu I, series. Yeah. Or, it's, it's on Hulu. It's really funny. The trailer was hilarious. I'm real late to that one as well. I only see it. I, like, I don't watch Hulu like religiously. Like, let's see what's on Hulu. But I see that ad before movies at the theater, mm-hmm. and I think it's hilarious. Yeah. And I think Billy on the Street is fucking hilarious. Um, and uh, that one's good. Yes. What else? Um, Mr. Robot. Which I have not started really? yet. And everybody was like, you have to watch Mr. Okay, Robot. So it's mind-blowing. I hope I'm not. No, no, go for it. I don't know it. who I'm insulting. Because I know the last episode of the s- first season was a little bit of a downer. People were like, eh, could have had a cooler finale. And you're saying that the second season kind of picks up where that disappointment left off. Yes. <laughs> it continues with the disappointment <laughs> okay. train. Okay. That's um, not good. It's not, I'm not as into it this season, although I'm still giving it a chance. But there was something that happened in the most recent episode that was horrifying and disgusting. Um, That's good. And I'm not. Wake up, everybody. I'm I kidding, was not. I'm yeah. Well, no, but there are people who are into that. But oh. I have a real low threshold for shock value. Was it shock value or was it like justified? It was justified, but it was. You know what? I, other people probably wouldn't even find it as disturbing as I did. It was just a. It was just a disgusting quick scene. Okay. Um, I'm gonna of, pick my nose, Mr. Of Robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of violence. Okay. Um and or of. Like torture, basically, and oh. I hope I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think I am because Get ready for anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, it was just gross, and it stuck with me for a while, and I was like, I'm. But you watched Game know. of Thrones, and no, I, like, I stopped. Oh, you had Game to stop. You were like, I can't do it. I couldn't handle it. Too much it was, blood. Yes, way too much. Okay. I would hear what happens though, because Daniel still fills me in, and I'm like, I jump ship at the right time because yeah. I stopped watching before Red Wedding. Oh. And just. It sounds like I I don't I don't remember what episode I stopped watching, but it got much worse after I. And that, like Game of Thrones, is one of those things where like people spoiled it for me. They spoiled the Red Wedding. They spoiled the first season. Surprise, surprise! And I it was spoiled for me. Like watching with Laura, Mm -hmm. like I knew it was coming, and I made sure she didn't get spoiled. And I just like looked. I didn't even look at the screen. I just looked at her face. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want 
like because she's gonna have the shock that I'm not gonna get because it's spoiled for me, and I'm just like, okay, here it comes, Man. and I just like immediately look at her, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, did that just <laughs> happen? Like, turn it. Like, I don't want to watch this anymore. No, no, stop, stop. Yes, it. that's and that I, was my reaction. So I don't know what's. I don't know if that's cool for me to do, but that's how I'm experiencing Game of Thrones. And now that we're all equal in the not knowing what comes next. Uh, there's an even playing field, my friends. So even if you're one of the book snobs, who's like, oh, I read the books. Too late, baby. Your runway, <laughs> your runway ran out, and we're all right. in the same jet now. <laughs> um, well, listen, we're going to wrap up here because we are a short show. Um, the Geekscape is sometimes like, hey, why do they make it? No, guys, I do the show I want to do, and I love doing it, but... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like doing a show that is 50 minutes because I can talk to you guys and it doesn't take over the rest of my work. I'm going to Vermont in like a, t- three weeks for a fellowship that I got for screenwriting, which is crazy to me. That's so um, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And it came out of what I thought was nowhere, just writing a cool script and submitting it to an award. And now they're like, oh, not only are you in the semifinals, but we're going to send you to Vermont for this fellowship that we're sending two people to. That's nice. Um so you're probably going to miss an episode here coming up, but we'll be back. We've got Kamikaze, and we've got a lot of cool stuff. And don't worry, I'll be with you every step of the way. Well, at least one hour a week. Um, and then if you want to listen to Allison some more, yes, she's got go to iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen or AllisonRosen.com, just one L and Allison. And you can hear my podcast. Yeah, I use the little podcast thing on my iPhone to be like Allison Rosen is your new best friend and that's what I listen to and now I'm going to do the advertisement once the show's over because I'm going to wear this t-shirt that you brought me perfect thank it's you it's going to be awesome Allison thanks for being a guest on Geekscape thank you for having me in Geekscapist uh, you can find us on iTunes and especially online with like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff we'll be here next week I love you guys for everybody the, uh, the, the Zena TV studios peace over and out <laughs>